You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Club Cricket Podcast in association with Nat West. Club Cricket is finally back after months of uncertainty and very real fears that we wouldn't get any cricket in at all this summer. Club Cricket has made its return up and down the country. I'm Yazrana and as ever I'm joined by Phil Walker, the Editor-in-Chief of the Wisdom Cricket Monthly magazine. As I mentioned in the intro, we really did think in the dark days of April that we wouldn't get any cricket on this summer. As well as the great work done by the ECB, volunteers at every club have done wonders getting the game back and running, making sure their clubs are all compliant with all the new safety regulations. Later in the show, I'll be speaking to Nigel Muirhead, the chairman at Tofts, about some of the challenges that clubs have had to overcome to get cricket back on. But first, Phil, you've actually played a game of cricket um, and I'm making my season debut tomorrow. So first up, how how did you and all your teammates find the new regulations? Because there are a lot of them. Um, My captain sent me a list of things I have to kind of uh, memorise for, for tomorrow. There's quite a lot of them. There are. Uh, my my club has no real history of behaving itself, uh, and yet it did uh, impressively on Saturday. We actually had an inter-club game the week before as well to try and get used to the new, the new normal, so-called. Um, and I have to say, the adjustment felt quite easy and quite natural. Uh, the The obvious thing, of course, is that you can't enter the dressing rooms, but it's quite natural for people who play cricket to change outside anyway you know there's a lot not not all cricket cricket games take place you know beneath sort of leafy leafy settings with a lovely pavilion i mean the reality is that a lot of cricket is played on the wrecks out there in in urban areas in particular and you're used to changing on the side of the pitch so that wasn't really an issue uh everyone brought their own sarnies and there was a uh there was a, a keg of beer kicking around, but, you know, everyone had their own cups and so on. But you say um, everyone had their own keg. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't far off. But that, So that was the first game. And then we played our first game proper uh, in a newly confected cup competition. So obviously the traditional league system in the Essex League where I play has been postponed uh, for the year. But we are now playing uh, a nine-game round-robin uh, series of cup competitions across the across the 11s throughout Essex we're playing my first team's playing for the Tender Charter Cup fantastic and our twos are playing for the Pritchard Cup Excellent. you can see where we're going with yeah. this uh so yeah it was it was it was a triumphant um experience for everyone concerned and this was against our local rivals who traditionally there's not much love lost right between these two teams but it was played in a really lovely spirit and i think there was that sense 
that we're all mildly surprised to have got here. Uh, and so there was a genuine sense of camaraderie and people were chatting afterwards and sharing a, you know, a can of beer uh, on, on, the, on the side of the pitch in a way that kind of got lost in recent years that I've found anyway. So it was, it was lovely. Um, I, 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 I only got two balls in, yes? We'll get to that later. Don't worry, we'll get to that later. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it, it was genuinely, uh, it felt very manageable. Excellent. And, and and joyous in its own way. The the forecast isn't great predictively, isn't great tomorrow. Um <laughs> and I'm I'm really not keen on the idea of having to walk through London and then getting on a train for forty five minutes in full whites. Oh no. yeah, that was sorry. I know this is written down. There's no way I'm walking across London in, in full whites, okay. So I changed <laughs> strike. No matter me down. the weather, no strike matter the weather. Down. I changed on the side of the pitch, obviously. But that's what I intend to do unless it's Really, really quite heavy rain, which which it might well be tomorrow. I, d- I didn't see anybody turn up in full whites on mm. either either team or anybody at the interclub game. Uh, as I say, my club doesn't have a reputation for moral rectitude particularly. Mm. Uh, but I wouldn't be... I'd be very surprised if there are many people rocking up fully spiked up, <laughs> ready to go in full whites. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it, it is not necessary is mm. it if you're changing outside anyway yeah absolutely absolutely we talked earlier before we started recording about how um availability might have been affected by what's happened this summer so you your club is actually doing okay you're you're filling all four teams easily which is quite interesting because that's not not been the case everywhere yeah exactly so last year we were at times struggling to get three teams out on a saturday this last week we got four teams out this coming week we've got four teams out as well a lot of kids hell of a lot of kids proportionally probably more so than we've had before and certainly in recent years uh but you say it's a different story at your club yeah so we're, we've only got two teams um in recent summers we've had to say no to good cricketers on a not not weekly but you know we're not struggling most weeks and this week we are struggling we had to get a couple of ringers in um and in our club's intra intra squad friendlies uh i think we could only get 16 and that was including ringers so maybe people have just because they didn't think it was going to happen. They've organised other things to, do, to, to to spend their Saturdays. And also maybe that people haven't been able to do anything for so long. Uh, I think we're seeing maybe exactly where cricket is on their hierarchy of priorities. Um, I'd, I, I'd I like don't to know. know. If, any, if any listeners want to let us know what the reality is like for their mm. club, we're putting stuff together for the upcoming magazine um, about cricket's return. Uh, and I'd love to know what availability dilemmas are being faced by by different clubs. The thing, as I say, that struck me, the number of kids that that have stayed with the game, some of them are young kids, you know, 12, 13-year-olds mm. playing in the fours. Uh, and they they fell for the game last year. I was speaking to a couple at the inter-club game who I'd never met before, you know, a couple of cracking little cricketers. Uh, and again, they're not playing it in schools, but they joined our club last year for a knockabout on the back of the World Cup. Uh, and they've hung around and waited for the, this first moment, mm. and they were they were there. They one of them was actually in the, in his full whites, but then he's probably in his full <laughs> whites every that's, day. That's allowed at that age. That's yeah, he's that probably age. in his whites every <laughs> single day as well. Uh, so so our, our club's quite a positive thing. Um, speaking to the skipper of our opponents as well on Saturday, mm. he said that their availability has been good. Their their take up has been good. But again, it will be different stories for different clubs. It would be interesting to know, really. Yeah, um, as always, we. This show's changed quite a lot from the start of the year when we thought we'd have a normal full summer. 
Um, but the the original plan was to have uh, as much input from listeners as possible. So if you've got any questions, you want things to be debated around club cricket, if you've got any funny stories to tell, etc., do get in touch with us on Twitter um, with a hashtag Wisdom Club Cricket, um, and we will we will read as much out as possible. Um, we asked our followers on social media actually this morning what they realised they didn't miss about cricket when it was away and now have come to realise they, they definitely didn't miss. We've got some good answers. So Jack Mendel writes, being taken out of the attack when you were bowling well for no reason, then being told to do deep fine leg to deep square leg, and then batting number 11. I've had that happen to me before. Um, and then Paul Merrill says, the ones are short. You don't mind moving up, do you? Of course not. Swapping opening the bowling and batting six for fielding fine leg to fine leg, batting 11 and 30 overs of umpiring. What's not to like? That, that that didn't quite happen to you, Phil, but you did get a call up to the ones and it didn't quite go to plan. Yeah, well, as you know, I was untouchable in the second team last year uh, and a victim of my own success. I'm not sure our listeners know, but yeah. Oh, they must have picked that up <laughs> at some point. Um, and so obviously called up to the ones, uh, opened the batting. We were chasing 160 uh, and I played the first ball delightfully, actually. You know, got in behind it, full stride in. Uh, second ball reared up off a length or just short of a length. Um, my hands went at it. Uh, I didn't hit it, Yaz. God's honest. And my mother will be listening to this. I didn't hit it. Uh, but, you know, early part of the game, early part of the innings anyway, they all went up. There was maybe a scratch of the ground or something like that. I, I, I walked off wondering if I had hit it because what we've seen in pro, in pro cricket with uh, all the technology now is that Players are genuinely unsure if they've hit it or not. Yeah. They can ap- appeal a decision with absolute confidence only to find they've hit the cover off it, right? So so I was wondering that. There, it was a rather, uh, um, yeah, an elderly chap who made the decision, let's say. Um, uh, but then I spoke to our other opening batsman afterwards and he said, yeah, you're nowhere near it. And I also spoke to their bowler as well <laughs> who came off with a big smile and he sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said yeah I might have done you there <laughs> but anyway you know that's, that's what, what a way to come back that, that's what cricket yeah. is again yeah. Yeah, I dropped a catch as I did, oh really sorry, no, that. you I didn't tell me that no second slip dropped a catch first over of their innings so <laughs> I, I, I left my mark on the first overs of both innings in broadly negative fashion should you have caught it oh yeah yeah it, and again last year I couldn't drop them couldn't drop them you last do, you've year. done well to get yourself in the slips in the ones when you haven't really been in the team. Yeah, but, you know, you can't underestimate the power of, of, of just shouting the odds and overshouting the odds. And I told my captain, I'm old and I've got great hands. Uh, and so and I said, so I'm feeling slip. So I did. Were you, and then were, I dropped one. Were you, were you moved out? No. Okay. No, I stayed in there. It's all about how you react to, the, to this stuff, yes, you know. Um, so it was, it was right at me burst through the drumstick mm. and cannoned right into my, the, the, my heart, basically. So I couldn't really An breathe. awkward height. An awkward height. You could, yeah, you could argue. it was just there to catch. And we got this new <laughs> opening bowler as well that we've pinched from one of our nearest clubs, mm. nearest rivals. Uh, and he's obviously thinking, God, what the hell have I done here? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so on a personal level, a disaster. But mm. collectively... Uh, a lovely day, really, excellent, really was. Excellent. And the rain is due tomorrow. Yeah, it is. You yeah. now tell me. Yeah. Right. Um, lovely. Are you you in the twos tomorrow or no, still no, in the I'm, ones? I'm, I'm still in the ones. Okay, there. You, you can't persisting you, with you. You can't get sawn off <laughs> by an octogenarian ump and then they'll be back in the the, the moody blues straight away. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. I've so will you be bowling? I will be bowling. I'll be bowling my meadows. We're short on bowling, so kind of however badly I bowl, I think I will be bowling my full allocation. Lovely. Famous last words. And what, what format are you playing? Because we play think, 40 overs. I think we're playing 40 overs. 
Right. Um, yeah, I've only played three two league games in the last two years for various reasons. For my club, I played for another club in 2018 for a bit. Um, so I'm just very excited to be, be back on because right. um, I was slightly worried that if I, when I when I came back there'll be loads of new people I don't know mm-hmm. and it's exactly the same people which is which is excellent yeah so I'm really looking forward to it that, that that really was great there was that reunion feel mm. during the interclub game you know you weren't allowed to hug anyone but you wanted to it's lovely mm. you know it's... a lot of elbow touching there was a lot of that <laughs> yeah yeah no so so glory be who'd have thought I mean as you said at the top of the show it come back in April we mm. were speaking we were trying to be as chipper as we could on this show mm. but what we were hearing especially you know off the record as well and from people involved in the ECB and higher levels and so on it didn't look great did it it really didn't so to have got half a season out nine games my club will be playing mm. you know to have got nine games out, out nine weekends that's that's a great effort really mm, absolutely and fair play to the ECB N- not always do they deserve praise from the skies by any means mm. um uh but they've they played a blinder here I thought you know mm. negotiating a very tricky diplomatic minefield to get mm. to get uh the government say so on all of this and I think they've done very well Absolutely. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I spoke to Nigel Muirhead from TOF about the challenges that clubs have had to overcome to get cricket back on. Here is that conversation with Nigel. So you didn't have that much time to prepare for the start of the season once the green light was given. Um, how did you manage it and were there any unforeseen hurdles that you had to jump over? Yeah, we didn't have a huge amount of time, um, although uh, when it was officially confirmed, there had been indications, though, that it was likely uh, to be happening. Um, and as part of our planning prior to getting the green light, we had been working uh, through a number of things to be able to uh, enable us to be ready. So um, we did open uh, as a a pub, uh, for want of a better phrase, on the 4th of July, which meant that we'd got the pavilion um, sort of COVID ready uh, for members and guests. Um, And then once we knew that we were able to play, uh, I think early part of that week, we arranged a friendly uh, for the oh, sorry, an interclub game uh, on the 11th of July, and then uh, we had a friendly last Saturday with league games starting this week. So there weren't really any any things that were unexpected, um, and I think it was just working through the ECB stroke government guidelines and making sure we were good to go. Was there was there like quite a lot of additional work for volunteers? Like um, in the middle of July, uh, I guess volunteers, club volunteers probably aren't expected to do as much as they probably had to do here? Was that all fine in terms of getting enough people to help out? Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a good question. And, and in many ways, uh, the July was in fact the April um, because we were getting ready as we would have been uh, if we'd started as normal back in April. Um, um, the pavilion manager, um, she was pretty busy, uh, to say the least, getting getting ready, uh, making sure we'd got the right documentation uh, filled in and that that was then published on the website. Um, and making sure, small thing, but making sure that we'd got the appropriate uh, arrangements in place for people coming to change without any changing rooms, socially distanced, uh, and that type of thing. But uh, no, generally, it was it was it was all good, and uh, we were just delighted to be back. Yes. Something I've been wondering about is uh, is like how how ground preparation happened. I, I'm not an expert. I'm not a groundsman at all. But like, was that all? fine or quite smooth or was uh, the ground staff uh, complaining about how difficult it was? Yeah again another good question we uh, we had made the decision back in uh, the beginning of April to continue with the services of uh, one of our grounds per, uh, people um, 
the other one who'd be, who's been with us for over 50 years, uh, he was uh, probably in the risk category. So uh, he wasn't able to work. Um, therefore, we filled his sort of capacity with volunteers. Um, so that was making sure that the grass was cut, um, you know, the surroundings and, and I have to say the ground looked fantastic. Um, so we did continue to look after it, maintain it um, from the beginning of April. Uh, and then when we were ready to go, to be honest, it was it was just like getting ready for the start of the season. Um, and we'd got, as I say, we'd got an indication that cricket was coming back. So we had geared up for it um, when everybody actually thought we'd probably coming back on the 4th of July. So that extra week just just helped. Um, and how have you found re-engaging your members um, in terms of getting teams out? But also, um, you, I remember you, you saying that you had a, a T20 game where you had over 100 people turn up which is awesome yeah we did um so the interclub friendly game uh, that we had um we had no problems uh, getting we run three sides two on a saturday and one on a sunday uh we had 30 players uh without a problem that we um just rotated uh, in terms of the game and then yeah last tuesday uh we had an interclub sorry not an interclub we had a, a t20 friendly uh, against lindo um and they're just down the road and um club was rammed I mean I say rammed you know there was probably 150 people there you know it was great to see a number of uh, friends over from Lindo um, and we had a great game um, and the bar was busy uh, which you know is so important for us like all other clubs uh, in terms of getting uh, income uh, over the bar. And, and finally financially everything looking good um, you were reasonably confident in the start of the season uh, is that still the case? Yeah we um we, we had planned uh, for the worst case scenario um, at the end of March um, and pleased to say that actually the worst case scenario didn't play out. Uh, we did get a couple of grants. We applied for a couple of emergency uh, grants as well, which uh, we had some success with. So actually over the period of lockdown, uh, we, uh, what well, I would say, broke even. Um, so um, that was a good outcome. Uh, and it's now just great that uh, we're back playing and the bar's open, um, you know, four or five nights a week. And we are seeing uh, a lot of people come down to the club. And it's interesting, actually, there's a number of people who um, over the lockdown period when they were out, you know, getting exercise, would be walking around the ground. Um, and, you know, great story. Uh, I guess as a cricket club, a lot of people think they, they're not allowed unless you're a member. And there's someone who lived across the road, who's lived across the road from our club for 25 years and has never been into the club because she didn't think she was allowed. She took a dog for the walk during lockdown and has subsequently become a member and is delighted that she's able to pop over. So it's, it's interesting how those things play out. And if, if there's one sort of learning that I'm keen to see how we can uh, address is those people who think they can't come down when actually we are open and welcome to you know, members and non-members alike, if they want to come and watch a game of cricket and have a drink. Fantastic. It sounds like it's gone as smoothly as it probably could have done. Um, thanks a lot for your time, Nigel. Yeah, great. And thank you. Yeah, as always, good to catch up and uh, hopefully catch up again soon. This has been the Wisdom Club Cricket Podcast in association with Nat West. Cheers, Phil. Pleasure. Enjoyed that. If you enjoyed it, listeners, tell your friends. And As I said earlier, if you've got any stories or have any topics you want us to talk about, get in touch with the hashtag Wisdom Club Cricket. See you next time.
Social Podcast Network.